0: Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle... Remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. For this episode, I'd like to introduce you to another fabulous divorce resource. You might already have heard about it. It's WTF Divorce. It's a blog, it's a podcast, it's videos, it's confessions. And the mastermind behind all this is Rob Roseman. Rob's claims to fame are that he's a former Las Vegas poker pro, a notorious, that's his word, not mine, who wants to be a millionaire contestant the co-founder of kickstartreading.com, the author of a five-star rated book on Amazon, and perhaps most important for us, he got divorced in 2020 and says it turned his world upside down. Welcome, Rob.
1: Thank you, Mandy, for having me. That's quite an intro. It's like when you cram it into 10 seconds, you really sound impressive.
0: I wanted to start with asking you to share with our listeners more about the WTF community and what they could find there.
1: Absolutely. So I've been divorced almost two years to the day, right when the pandemic started. And after really just not finding my way, I started finding some incredible content on Instagram, social media. And while I enjoyed consuming it, I was finding that a lot of guys, especially had no idea where this kind of content was. So I had this bright idea. Oh, it'd be great to kind of aggregate all of these divorce coaches, dating coaches, relationship coaches. So I, as I'm one to do, kind of take action quickly and figure it out. I put together an Instagram. I have a podcast, a background in podcasting. So I'm like, oh, it'd be neat to throw up a podcast where we could just have little conversations about, because I know we've talked about it. There's so many angles that divorce, so many problems that divorce really exposes. So if we could cover a few of these topics and do it with experts, but keep it relatable and conversational, we could help other people out there. My first thought was, let's help other divorced men. But as I quickly realized, 80% of the people on uh, social media divorce content are women. So I was like, eh. And my girlfriend that I'm currently dating, she's like, I want to hear this stuff too. So we opened it up to men and women, and we thought, "Hey, maybe uh, you know, divorced women end up dating men, so maybe the they could pass a, pass it along to men." And divorced women are married to uh, co parents that are uh, you know raising their kids. So we're like, if we can just make it really easy to consume kind of helpful tips and to hear that other people are going through it, I think that was the that was the really still to this day the main thing that I find is it's very isolating divorce. You know that 50% of marriages end in divorce, but I could count on one finger how many of my friends are divorced. So a way to just find other people that are going through it. And even if you're not participating, if you're just listening to their stories and nodding your head to make people feel less alone.
0: Right. And it's, it's difficult when you're going through it yourself. And a lot of people don't open up to their friends at that time. And that's challenging because especially if you're friends with friends as a couple, then that makes it hard to open up to them about what's going on. And then it's not until the divorce is final or you're actually moving apart that then you go public with it. And people are like, wow, I had no idea that was going on. So it is isolating.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I've heard even for women, it's harder because... I think a lot of people don't want to even talk about the subject because maybe it'll be like a mirror into their own relationship as to, oh, we're having those problems too. Oh, we haven't slept together in a month uh, either. These kind of things that people are, it's kind of a a subject that people would rather just uh, you know bury their heads in the sand and not hear about. So all of these different factors can cause it to be so isolating. Forget the fact that as men, we don't really like to talk about it because it, Affects our ego, our our marriage went away, somebody cheated, or somebody, you know, did that. There are all these things that that cause us to really isolate. And I think that can be really problematic for people in this stage of life.
0: Right. One of my the features about WTF divorce that I find most fascinating is the confessions, where people share anonymously an admission or an acknowledgement about something that they feel embarrassed or ashamed of what was the inspiration behind that
1: oh yeah so i follow on instagram one of my favorite follows is uh, rachel sobel her instagram name is at wine and cheeses and every wednesday she does these confessions and they can be about anything but a lot of times they were about here's what's going on in my marriage secretly and they're just so compelling and like addictive and i thought oh that'd be a great Format for uh, divorce people because A, it's anonymous, so you can share, and B, other people can see it and say, Oh, I'm going through that too, that kind of thing. So I just, on a whim, very recently just said, oh, I'll throw one up there. And we got, you know, 15 responses the first time and 30. And then you see a lot of people would even send me messages like, Yes, you know, 100%. I'm going through that too. It's so good to hear. So it really like unlocked this kind of really easy way for people to share about their divorce really quickly without you know worrying about what somebody else thinks, or even just sitting and, and being like a voyeur and watching and again, feeling less alone, feeling seen. I think that's like the biggest pain point of people through divorce. Nobody gets what I'm going through. And if you can share it and somebody else can see it, that, that can be really powerful and helpful.
0: Right. When I had my, since my divorce blog many years ago, and I was interviewing women to share their divorce story, I will say one of the common confessions I heard then was, I wish my spouse was dead. Mm. And I I don't think that it was said, it wasn't said as like that they would act on it. I'm 99.9% certain of that, but Maybe there would be a car crash. Maybe there would be a plane crash or a terminal illness. And I think, you know, for those people to say that and to share that, I mean, they shared it with me. I knew that they were saying it on my blog. It was anonymous. I think it takes a great deal of courage to confess that. And especially in a society that emphasizes a lifelong marriage. I know from my reader comments, it was a huge relief to... Here for them to read that other people were, were having that thought because it's mm-hmm. all, it's so taboo. I was wondering if, if that was one that you had seen on your confessions yet.
1: Well, Mandy, I got a good story. I had dinner with a friend, his wife passed away. And so he's raising his kids. He's actually dating now a woman who, who her husband passed away. And he's. I was like talking to him about it because there's similarities to divorce and widows. But he flat out told me, he's like Rob, I'd way rather have it in my situation than in your situation. I don't know how these divorced people do it. He's like, I don't have to worry about this what what she's saying and thinking. So, so hearing that, I was kind of shocked because, like you said, it is kind of taboo. But yes, you hear that a lot, and I think it's a natural human emotion. Like you said, you're not going to act on it, but you're thrown into this such a complicated situation that you just don't even know how to handle it. You're dealing with somebody that's probably not listening to your podcast and studying and trying to improve. So yes, I think it's a, a normal feeling. And I think, like you said, very liberating to hear other people share it to know that you're not, you know, a crazy, terrible person.
0: Right. Cause then we can get people to like I think the thought there is like that the actual mechanics of ending the marriage, both the all the, the logistics and then the legal process itself, as well as all those really difficult conversations that you have to have to get from A to B, they just seem so awful. Most people just want to skip over it. I mean, I remember thinking that is like, I i just want to be over here. And I think that that's what gives thought to that. I wish my spouse was dead. Plus the fact in our society, bereaved spouses get a lot more sympathy than mm. divorced spouses do.
1: Wow. I never thought about that. That's so, that's, so true. Yes. And it's, I mean, how do you, how do you feel? Do you think a lot of uh, couples that aren't happy? Cause clearly if the number is 50% or whatever it is, I'm sure there's plenty of couples that could get divorced, but do you think that the daunting nature of the lawyers and the fights and the kids, that is what keeps them in, in marriages?
0: There's a lot of people that I have dealt with who have struggled with their marriage for many, many years. Most of the people I come across, it's not a decision that's made lightly. It's not one that's been, you know, taken in the last few months or something. It's a long time coming. So I have to read into that, that because the process is so difficult, people do stay in marriages that aren't working for a long time until there's another trigger. And sometimes that's the kids going to college sometimes it's some other event that is a, I used to call it a catalytic moment. It's that that moment that makes you see things so differently that it's like, no, I'm done. I can't do this any longer.
1: Yeah. And just hearing that, that's another, I think, frustration of uh, getting divorced is your friends, your family, people that haven't been divorced just have no, no idea. It's almost like having a kid and trying to give parenting advice. So their advice might be, that's so great you're free of this person you're going to meet somebody new all these things that you know intellectually are true but you're still going through this hellish period especially in the beginning i always tell people i mean this is going to be long term beneficial to your life but short term you're you're this is a step backwards this is going to be really painful so you're trading you know short term pain for long term happiness but most of the time you're not getting around that short term pain i'm sure It's a lot more comfortable to be in this mediocre marriage than it is to all of a sudden be thrown into the fire like this. So I think letting people know that this is normal, this is painful what you're going through, it will be worth it one time, but let's not be dismissive of the fact of how hard it's going to be.
0: Right. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people tell me it is by far the most challenging thing that they've ever, ever done in their lives.
1: I don't think, uh, I, I can't even think of anything that can compare and you're doing it like as a 40 or 50 year old, a lot of the time. So you think, oh, I should be able to handle this. I'm a adult. I've you know had a relationship. I've had kids, but like the reality is, is every breakup you've had in the past, you probably never talked to that ex again. Now you're seeing them and talking to them every day. It's, it's like, oh, we're going to, you're going to forget how to learn how to ride a bike. And we're going to throw you back on one down. Uh, a steep mountain and you should be able to figure it out. And everybody's like, this will be great.
0: So you have a a co-parenting category on your confessions there as well. And I think that that, those, some of the comments, the confessions I read there really underscore how challenging parenting after divorce is. And some of them, again, to carry on this theme, some of them do hint that life would be so much easier if the other parent wasn't around or (laughs) that they didn't have to talk to or communicate with. with. I was just curious, your book on Amazon is Dad the Best I Can. It's a collection of wisdom from over 50 entrepreneurs, and you're a dad of three kids. What's your take on co-parenting now? And do you relate to some of those confessions?
1: Oh, my goodness. And I have to say, I sometimes feel bad because I have a Pretty good, really good co-parenting setup. You know, credit to both my ex and and I. But I know how unusual that is. And uh, yeah, I'm. You know, my girlfriend right now is going through a, a struggle, and it is so parenting on its own is challenging. You know, parenting in a unhealthy marriage is challenging, where maybe one partner's doing all of the work and the others not doing anything. But when you don't even know what's going on at the other house, or you know, we just got a confession today that said. Uh, my uh, two-year-old broke his leg at my ex's house. How can I ever trust him again? Yeah. And that situation might have occurred completely normally, but you just have like no window into what's going on. A lot of times you have really negative feelings about this person. You know, Parenting is so hard on its own. It's like we're taking it to like a PhD level now where you're having to do it like half blind, half doing things your way, where the other parent is uh, not doing it that way. So I just have a lot of empathy for anybody going through it and I think people need to hear from other parents going through it and what I've learned, you know, co-parenting coaches, people that can like give you some instructions about something as simple as how do I send this text to my a kid's mom that's not going to, uh, you know, set her off? And I think or how am I going to pick up the phone or what's it going to feel like when I do this transition? I couldn't like Drain your entire day. So, a lot of times I'll be like, gosh, why am I so exhausted? All I did was, you know, swap, you know, swap the kids. And it's probably because you're having like a a chemical reaction to almost like this traumatic event that is now a part of your life that you've never had to deal with before.
0: Right. So, you're being mindful about every response to your other parent rather than knee which is what we'd hope for all people to be. I do have to say, just as an aside, and then we have to go for a break, Rob, but you said about our our parenting after divorce is like a PhD. I have worked with PhD clients who are child development experts, and the court still insists that they do the mandatory parenting class. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that should tell us something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even an expert, you know, experts have their own issues too. And It's very, that's the other thing too. I say it's very easy to give advice when it's your own situation. It's so much harder because you're dealing with emotions that nobody else is dealing with. So it's not easy, but you can get through it. It's just, you know, you've got to, you've got to work at it.
0: Right. Rob, let's take a short break. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back and do stay tuned for more on getting through your divorce and beyond with my guest, Rob Roseman, curator of WTF Divorce. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about a terrific divorce resource, WTF Divorce. My guest today is Rob Roseman, who is the curator at WTF Divorce. So Rob, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about co-parenting issues as one of the confessional topics. And I'm, I'm just curious, when somebody sends you in a confession, do you respond to it? Do you ever give them a resource that, you know, hey, here's a resource on co-parenting that you might find helpful? Do you point yeah. them to posts that you've published on WTF Divorce?
1: That's exactly what I do. I usually will send them, especially because Instagram, you can just at mention somebody. So I'll say something like, you know, somebody will have a co-parenting problem that they dealt with and I'll, in the response, I'll share it anonymously, of course. Then I'll say, oh, you should check out uh, Ashley at the conscious co-parent. She talks a lot about this and they'll either go to her site or Ashley will even, for a question we had last week, she, you know, recorded into her phone a response to this person and i was able to put it on instagram put it on wtfdivorce.com so we can share some of the resources because that's one thing i i struggled with a little bit i'm no expert i'm two years into this i'm a dad i'm going through it i can relate to it but i'd rather connect people with experts and give them you know some pat it with some empathy and some humor along the way but Yeah. I like to, uh, pass them along to people that, that know better, but also I think sharing it is just therapeutic in itself. Getting some empathy for it is important. And then if you can get a response on top of it, you can use that, you know, going forward.
0: Right. One of your other confessional topics, and I will also confess here actually that it's my least favorite topic about anything to do with divorce and it's dating after divorce. Um, (laughs) And I usually tell people I have no useful advice to give in that area <laughs> whatsoever. But I'm kind of curious about what you've you've seen in terms of your confessions on the dating. I, I did a little scroll through last night. Some of it was, most of it was woes about like terrible online dating apps. And there was one that I read about how men on the dating apps, their profile pictures was always holding a fish. Yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> So that was kind of entertaining. But what's some of your takeaways on the dating category?
1: My main takeaway, Mandy, is that everybody is clueless, you know, (laughs) or it's like 95% of people are myself included. Again, it's this expectation that, oh, well, we've had relationships before. You haven't dated probably since you were in your 20s. Now you're having 800 conversations on an app with somebody that probably knows less about you know dating than you do. And we have this expectation that it's just supposed to work. You're supposed to you know talk to three people, go out on two dates, and oh, I found my person. And the reality is, is that's not going to happen, even if you're the luckiest person in the world. And, and that's the other thing I figured out. Even if you do meet that person, to have this expectation that the relationship is going to work, because dating is one thing, getting past a fourth date with somebody is a whole other thing. So, this is another one where I personally struggled with it a lot. I went on you know over a hundred dates, probably in my first year after divorce, a typical guy cliche move. But I slowly learned from these dating coaches online that I found how to make a better profile, how to get off the app because you'd end up being a pen pal with somebody, and then they'd ghost you and all these things that I'd never even heard of. So there's just like parenting so many levels to dating after divorce, another one very different than being 28 and single and dating. So I think you're going to, it's very uh, a clumsy process, but you need all the help you can get and you need to hear from other people as to what's working, what's not, and experts that can accelerate uh, the learning curve.
0: Right. Do you have a favorite Confession from the dating category. Do you even have favorite confessions, or like ones that you particularly stand out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I if they if they make me laugh, that's usually you know that I think those are important because that's the whole concept of WTF divorces. It's so chaotic, it's so crazy, it's so tra- traumatic. But you have to laugh about it, or else how are you going to get through it? I became friends with a, a rabbi actually that's divorced and in, in his early forties. And it wasn't on a confession, but we've talked even on the podcast about like exploring uh, sexuality after divorce. So it's this, you know, whole new topic that's transformative. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm talking to a, a rabbi about sex after divorce. Like I would have never thought, you know, we're all humans just completely winging it. So I think it's just fascinating to hear it really just like brings everybody back to the, you know, this base level of trying to figure it out with other people that hopefully are trying to figure out a lot of times are not. And yeah, I don't even have words for some of the, uh, the stories that I hear. Like I'll, I think it's important too, to have guy friends or if you're, you know, if you're a woman and for divorced men to have women friends, because people will show me what's on their app and I'll be like, this is what people are sending. The bar is pretty low. Like you said, the fish, I'm like, who are these people uh, posting fish pictures and pictures on their motorcycle thinking that, The other person is going to be interested in that. But I would never have a window into that unless, you know, through these confessions or through friends or, you know, through other women that this is what, you know, they're dealing with. We're dealing with our own issues, too. But that can also help divorced men get their act together as to see what the problems are on the other side of the fence.
0: So that's a little bit of a different twist on reading the confessions. It's not so much saying, "Oh, I've experienced that too," but saying, "Oh, that's what people think. Maybe I need to do something different."
1: right very big. I mean you would have how would you know how to write a profile that that really you know shows your best self unless you have seen it from the other side of things so Again, I think we're all clueless. I think we need to be kind to ourselves that that's going to be part of the process. (laughs) But then, you know, it's maintained, try to maintain an optimistic, positive outlook that this is just the ride that you're on and you might as well have some fun with it.
0: So and then leading on from that, probably to, I don't know, it's a hugely complex area and fraught, fraught with difficulties is co-parenting with new partners involved
1: Mm.
0: and listeners you didn't see this but rob and i are on zoom and rob just rolled his eyes
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh don't tell my girlfriend with three kids uh that i just did that but we laugh about it too it's yeah it's like a high wire act like uh but you know it can be complicated because you know in my dating journey I might date somebody that's a little logistically easier. She has uh, kids that are in high school or college, but then I found out what does she want to do with some, I got a 10, seven and four year old. I would even like on my first date, she'd be like, how many kids do you have? Three? How old are they? You know, nine, seven and four. And she would just start laughing. and I'd be like, what are are we even doing? (laughs) Exactly. So I think it's not easy no matter how you spin it, but, What I found is it's important in dating to find somebody can relate to what you're going through. That's not going to just be convenient for you because let's be honest, I mean, I can barely keep up with my 2255 schedule to now have it coordinate with somebody else's Um, 223 is like a beautiful mind math problem that we're trying to figure out. And next thing you know, it's like, all right, I'll see you in uh, October 14th. And uh, I hope we're still dating then because that's the next time we can see each other.
0: Right. Yeah. No. I've run across um, clients who are trying to maybe compromise on an issue, but like one of the big factors is coordinating their respective partners' children's schedules so that they still have family time when the, all of the children are together. And it's just sometimes it just is impossible.
1: Yeah. I think a one tip that I learned, and it took me a while in the dating process. It's a powerful even when you're trying to meet somebody, but we have this technology of like video like we're doing right now. FaceTiming with somebody before you go on a date with them, even if it's three minutes, is one of the most powerful things you can do because your time is your most valuable resource when you're a dating parent. So there's a lot of times I can see somebody real quick and be like, eh, I probably don't need to drive 30 minutes, meet for an hour to figure this out. So I think that's a really—it's an uncomfortable thing to do. Oh, we're just gonna—we never met. We're gonna Facetime, but also when you do meet somebody in the beginning, when I have my kids and they're asleep, and she has her kids and they're asleep, we would Facetime at night. You know, it's—it feels a little awkward, but it really can, you know, create a, a stronger bond with somebody. Then eh, we'll go out for uh, dinner again next week. You've got to get creative in your situation and. It's going to be a little awkward at first, but you you can really get to know somebody a lot better when you're when you're looking at them, even if it is across the screen.
0: Well, that's interesting. Uh, I take that to heart because I'm thinking about one of my dating after divorce mistakes when I arrived for like a, a walk and my date got out of his car in sweatpants <laughs> carrying a two liter jug of Coke or soda. <laughs> <laughs> This is not going to work. <laughs> wow.
1: Was he being ironic? That's kind of funny. He was no. being serious.
0: No. Um, wow. <laughs> I think I could have avoided that one if I'd FaceTimed. So that's right.
1: <laughs> right. And that could have been, I mean, that's the other thing. I would get mad. I'd be like, this is my only window this week. This is my one date this week. Like, I cannot waste it. I mean, I've, and then you de- deal with the ghosting situation, which, you know, I've unfortunately, we've all done on some level. And I learned how uh, frustrating it is because. I don't even care that we're not a match. This was my one night off. You could have like just said I'm not interested or, you know, I've been guilty of it too. I should have just said, you know what? Like I'm sorry, but I don't think this is a match. And whenever I said that to a woman, she would be so grateful. Thank you so much. I'm not offended. I wish Hi. more guys would just be honest and just say it because I don't have time for this nonsense. So let's just, you know, get to the point.
0: So getting to the point, Rob, we're almost out of time here. I'm wondering if you have one of your own confessions you'd share with our listeners in Mm. any category.
1: Wow, so many. And I can, I mean, I'm in a lot better place now, two years in than I was a year ago. But, you know, I think it's, first of all, I'll give you one that's good. Any dating conversations that you're having on an app uh, after 11 p.m., Take them with a grain of salt because somebody is probably either uh, happy, sad, horny under the influence of something. So I, I know a lot of people uh, can say, oh, we were in love. We had such a great thing going. But in reality, it's like if that thing is time stamped uh, 1.14 a.m., then uh, this might not not be the one. Right. So I think we've all uh, felt that's the only way to learn is to go through those situations. But yeah, it is hard in the beginning. And the only way, like you said earlier, is to fail, to hit a rock bottom on some level and then say, all right, I'm going to do things a little differently. So if I could go back in time, I'd really advise people to find other divorced men and women, even as friendships. Try not to use dating as your you know, social outlet. I mean, it is, especially for guys. I think we suffer from it worse than women because we're not as good at cultivating friendships before and after divorce once we're in our 40s. So I think getting real uncomfortable, go to some meetup that even if you just stand there in the corner, uh, you'll be like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And you'll meet one person that can relate to what you're going through.
0: Right. Well, that's a perfect segue too. I wondered if you could share with our listeners how they can connect with WTF divorce and how they could read the confessions and leave a confession of their
1: own. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So I, not, not everybody is on Instagram, but we are at WTF divorce on Instagram. That's where we get a lot of our kind of confessions, our fun humor that we, we try to laugh at uh, this thing called divorce, but WTF We list all the confessions there as well, completely anonymously. We have uh, blog posts. I try to keep it really short. You know, two minutes or less about dating, co-parenting, divorce. I had a friend of mine, you know, write a whole article about what a divorced dad needs to five things he can furnish his new place with for under fifty bucks. Because I'm like, I'm like a bachelor here. Look at this; is embarrassing. So we tried that, and there's a podcast, uh, another great divorce podcast like yours, WTF Divorce Podcast, short clips. But anywhere you go, hopefully we'll be there. And our our email list is a really good place to sign up to because we keep people kind of in the loop and share like our favorite confession this week that you'll get people responding to. So I appreciate the opportunity. And yeah, anybody that wants to uh, go on the ride with us, wtfdivorce.com.
0: Awesome. And we'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you, Mandy. You as well.
0: And listeners, my guest today was Rob Roseman, curator of WTF Divorce. It is a fabulous resource. So you know that in addition to this podcast, of course, you do not have to do this alone. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you're completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, We will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcast@worthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast.